You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, it's Pete. Usually in this spot, you would hear the latest edition of the Arrowhead Pride Radio Replay. But unfortunately, there was no Arrowhead Pride Radio this week as Kansas State had their home opener against Emporia State University in basketball airing on 610 Sports Radio. So in lieu of the Arrowhead Pride Radio Replay, I'm presenting you my hour with Carrington Harrison from The Drive earlier on Wednesday afternoon. Chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the internet and the president of the MBS fan club. I think he's in line to become the number one receiver from having the pick. I'll pick MBS. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joins the drive. I told you guys this week it's about big time guests. We had Peter King on the show yesterday. We're working on getting Tory Holt on the show tomorrow. I'm working on getting Nick Wright to come on the show. We're only dealing with big fish this week. You guys deserve that. For a big-time game, you deserve big-time guests. I'm happy to welcome my friend, my brother, editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the interwebs, Pete Sweeney into the studio. Pete, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm great, and thank you for that introduction. Although I will say... I. I think I'm probably the third Pete in NFL media. I know Peter King has me for sure. Peter Schrager. I think I got Prisco. I'm, I, I do a lot for the number. I've been covering the number one team the last five years. You know, I'm, I'm there every day. I, I think I, I get the nod over Pete Prisco, right? A hundred percent. I think so you I'll might take, be ahead of Peter Schrager. No way. No way. I so just I'll, saw him on, on Celebrity Jeopardy a couple of days right, ago. Yeah, I'm going to. He I'm, won too. Would you win? Yeah, no, probably not. And I, um, I'm going to I'll tell, I'm good with the bronze medal. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Right now, we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. So let's do this. Let's get the Broncos out of the way, and then I want to look ahead. Do you think that Sunday was more about the Chiefs or more about the Broncos? Because I think the Chiefs lost the game. I don't think the Broncos won the game. Like, I don't feel any different about the Broncos than I did today than I did two days ago. I don't feel any different about them. I still think the Broncos are a bottom eight team in the league. That is a six, maybe a seven-win football team. I thought that Sunday was much more about the mistakes that Kansas City made in the micro and also the macro about that wide receiver room. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that the it was a good win for the Broncos, right? When another team, a better team, is making a lot of mistakes, you still have to be good enough to take advantage of them. And so I wouldn't necessarily say that it means nothing to Denver. I, you know, I think it was an important win for them as they're trying to rebuild this thing. But, yeah, have, had the Chiefs not had five turnovers, had they not had all these drops, uh, had Patrick Mahomes not been sick, uh, I just don't think it's necessarily playing out the way it did. And, and those games happen, and a lot of times they happen in the, in the division. I know a lot of times we make this whole thing about, well, it, you know, when you have to play a team a third time in a year, like when the division teams meet in the playoffs, it's really tough to win those three times. I think that kind of extends to when you're playing the same division team twice 
in three weeks and uh, everything that that could go wrong went wrong for the Chiefs on Sunday and that usually leads to any team in the NFL garnering a win just as hard it's hard to have a team go undefeated in the NFL it's very hard for a team to also lose every game because you're bound to have the ball break your way at a certain point and so yeah I I I would say that's right I, I think for me I would agree with you I think the Chiefs lost the game more than the Broncos did anything that necessarily win it I don't care that Travis Kelsey went to the World Series on Friday night. Like, I don't care. I don't think it had any effect on the Chiefs winning or losing the game. What I do find interesting is, do you think he would have done that if they had played a better opponent? Like, let's say they were playing the Eagles on Sunday. Let's say they were playing the Dolphins on Sunday. If they were playing a team that you and I both have a lot of respect for and think would make the postseason, do you think that Travis Kelsey goes to the World Series two nights before? I just talked to somebody about this yesterday, and I, I'd probably lean no. I, I think if it was right, like the Eagles or uh, teams you're mentioning when it comes to AFC contenders, if you want to say this weekend, if you want to say the Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know if he's if he's doing that. But uh, again, better question for him, right? I I'm, I don't know if he talked about it on his podcast or or whatever, um, but yeah. I think that's a move you do when you think you're going to win on Sunday for sure. Right now we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead pride. Pete, I will say this. You and I have been, I would say very steadfast in our position. I have been saying for quite some time now, Hey, the offense needs a jolt. They're not good enough at wide receiver. You have been on the opposite side. We've been like oil and water on this topic. (laughs) You have been, Hey, you guys are overreacting. You're overreacting. You're overreacting. This wide receiver issue is not as big as you guys are making it. We are now halfway through the season. We have passed the trade deadline. This is it. When it comes to wide receivers, they are not making any more moves. There is not going to be a player who gets released that you are adding to the team that changes anything in the wide receiver room. We are strapped into this ride until the duration of it. Are you still in the same place about the wide receivers or did Sunday change your opinion at all? I'm still in the same place about where this team can be at the end of the year, which has been my point all along. Like I think Rasheed Rice after 17 games is going to be as good, if not better, than Juju Smith-Schuster was at the same time last year. And if you look at what Juju Smith-Schuster is doing, oft injured in New England, it's not like it would have been that much better if you had kept him and Rasheed Rice wasn't here. I look at Sky Moore, and Sky Moore has been going through it, right? Like, he has been going through a severe sophomore slump. Potentially, that can get better. I think as uh, Justin Watson gets a little bit healthier, uh, I think that could play a role. I, same thing with Kadarius Tony and, and so on and so forth. I thought Patrick Mahomes was sick for a division game. I thought that game mattered a lot more naturally to the other team than it did to Kansas City. They got caught in a really bad day and got beat. This means nothing. They're 6-2. and two. They're at the top of the AFC. They are top five in a lot of offensive analytical categories. Is it? Does it look worse than it has in previous years? Yeah, for sure it does. I'm not going to argue that. But to think that this team doesn't have enough on its roster right now on offense to win a championship, I think is still uh, something that is wrong. I, I think they have enough to win a title. And at the end of the day, maybe it isn't the Legion of Zoom, but that doesn't matter. As they proved last year, you can win the Super Bowl with what they have in, 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 the, in the room. I think where you and I could possibly be a little bit different is I do think that Denver showed you the blueprint. Now, I think it's very difficult to do. But I thought that Denver was very physical with Travis Kelsey. They had two holding penalties on Kelsey. Like, it was clear 
we're not letting you run free the way that you normally do. Like, we're going to be overly aggressive against you, and we're going to dare any of the other Chiefs wide receivers to go out there and beat you, and they were unable to do so. Now, it's not like that's some wild defensive strategy, but I'm looking at this team not through the prism of where they currently are, but, hey, what could potentially trip you up? What are the negatives? How do you turn those weaknesses into strengths? At this point, I feel good about just about everything else with the team. Feel good about the offensive line. Feel good about the tight ends. Feel good about the D-line, the secondary, the linebackers, et cetera. The thing that I'm worried about is what happens in the postseason if Travis Kelsey has five catches for 60 yards? That's a, that, that, that's a good day, but that's not a great number one wide receiver day. Who can pick up the slack? Who else do you trust can make plays? The answer can't just be Rasheed Rice. It's got to be MVS. It's got to be Kadarius Toney. It's got to be Sky Moore. You're not asking those guys to turn into number one wide receivers, but you got to be able to rely on another wide receiver on this team and not just Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I just, I don't, and I'm not trying to just directly criticize you here, but like you look at any team. What if the Miami Dolphins go in and Tyreek in the playoffs has 50 yards? What if the Cincinnati Bengals and Jamar Chase has 50 yards? then that team is probably losing that day, right? Like, so, like, yes, Travis Kelsey having a Travis Kelsey day for three to four times in the playoffs plays a role into this, just like it would for every team. What if San Fran goes in and you're able to hold Christian McCaffrey out of the end zone and under 70 yards? Then San Fran's probably going to lose that game. And, yes, right now, Travis Kelsey is a huge part of the Chiefs' offense ticking. And if you want to say to me, well, Pete, what are they going to do in, in – future years when he naturally at some point right father time will finally hit and he won't be able to be as productive uh on a consistent basis um and you know who's that next guy i think that is a a huge point that i would agree with you with but as far as this year 2023 it's just how the chiefs are still built they're still built through this 34 year old and he has shown in a couple games this year that he can have that level of production and yes they do need a second contributor. And I, I have maintained that I still believe Rasheed Rice can be that guy. Beyond that, I think the Chiefs need to be better on short yardage. They probably need to go for it on fourth down a little bit more. Certainly need to be better in the red zone. They need to remember to run the football. But these are all things that they can do within this 2023 roster. And that remains my point. And I, I think a lot of times the, the Chiefs are able to play poorly and, and win anyway, and they've done that. So if they can fix a lot of these mistakes and a lot of these fixable things, they're still going to win more times than not. And that has become a very unpopular opinion, Carrington. I remember the days of Alex Smith when I would pick against this, against the Chiefs probably half the time because you, you never knew. Uh, and I would get you know criticized for that, I, you know, while well, you're going against the Chiefs. Now I'm getting criticized because I, I am giving them the grand benefit of the doubt because this is still a team that has gone to five straight AFC title games and won two championships. Where has the benefit of the doubt gone for a personnel staff that has literally done the impossible over the last half decade? That's where I'm at, and that has become a, a wildly unpopular take. I do think there's a lot of people on your side. Like I said this after the trade deadline. If you are somebody that sides with trust in Veach, that is exactly what they're asking you to do. The Chiefs at almost every turn over the last three weeks have said, we're good. It was no coincidence to me that hours before the trade deadline, everybody had the exact same report. James Palmer had the same report. Albert Breer had the same report. Fesco had the same report. They're all getting it from the same people. Like the Chiefs' official stance is, we are good. 
So this is where I think some of it is just vocal minority, right? Right. I think there are a lot of people like you. Hey, they're going to figure this out. They got Kelsey. They got Mahomes. They got Andy Reid. They're going to pick it up at wide receiver. I think there's also people on my side of it, which I think is the really the only bait, the bait that they currently have is, all right, in the playoffs, if plan A doesn't work, because plan A is Travis Kelsey have 130 yards, sure. Rice have 80 yards, everything goes well. But we also know in the postseason, you kind of need that MVS game for him to step up. Yeah. You need three or four other guys to make that contribution. They have called on Sky Moore three times this year. They called on him in the Lions game. They called on him in the Jacksonville game on that third down play where Mahomes just makes, and that's that, that's the best play of Sky Moore's career, mm-hmm. and they called on him on fourth down. I think the Chiefs win that game if Sky Moore makes that play. Okay, yeah, and and I don't like I don't disagree with you. But I'm saying, like, you sometimes drop division games in the NFL. I think there's a recency here where the offense has been top one, top two for five, six years running. Uh, There has been a dominance in the division. Both of these things are abnormal. And especially as you're trying to navigate the salary cap, maybe it's not going to be as great as it was in previous years. Can it be the greatest program in the league for that year anyway? Yes, it still can. And that I think that's where I find it to be just a little short-sighted because everyone, like I see on the, the text line here, uh, grow a pair and call it like it is. Pete, you're a Chiefs apologist. I'm a Chiefs realist. We are about to enter the halfway point through the season on Sunday. That is the halfway point. So that is week nine. We have, have 17 games now. So you got to wait till halftime of the ninth game. You know what the Chiefs record is? Six and two. You know what? If you go to the playoff standings, you know what seed the Chiefs would be in the playoffs today? Halfway through the season, they would be the top seed and they would have a bye. Like, what are we talking about? I mean, I, I never really get, like, upset when it comes to these topics, and I try to be real, and now that I'm being real and I'm defending the top team in the conference, suddenly I'm, like, in this minority. And, you got to be more negative like right, me. That's right. why you got you to be, be on my what side. Happened? Be negative. What happened to this fan base that it's, like, become this thing to be positive about the first-place team in the conference? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Who do you have the most confidence in moving forward? Is it Tony Moore or MVS? Because I would say they just need one of them. They don't need all three of them to turn things around. If you were telling me that heading into the postseason, that's all I'm worried about. I'm worried about the postseason. You and I are worried about the same things. If you're going into the postseason with Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and one of these three guys that turn things around, and those are your top four, I think you're more than fine. And then just, you know, you get in what you fit in. You got Noah Gray a couple catches. You got Justin Watson with a couple catches. You got all of that. But you can't have these three guys who were combined for 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Not one of them. Combined amongst three people. That's their current pace. I So the Chiefs would never say this, and this is where, like, I I can kind of give you my perspective. Like, I, I think right now they're still in that rotation mode, and you would want them to be a little bit further along in that. I do think they're still identifying the three, two to three receivers they can trust. I think they know Rasheed is going to be one of those guys. I think by the time the postseason rolls around, you got to have guys right through three, through four, through five. Something has happened with Tony where his standing has drastically changed since the preseason. That is a big difference between this year and last year. The Lions game. Sure. The Lions game changed but it. But if that's going to be the case, you got to identify somebody that's going to step up. You still have eight or nine games to do that. And look, and this and and, it's, and I get it's a week by week thing. And again, if they lose to the to the Miami Dolphins and they lose to the the Dolphins in a way that is 
um, you know, where they don't show up. And let's say they, they lost by 14 to 21 points. Sure. I think then the narrative changes. But like, and Andy Reid alluded to this a week ago, and I believe it. A week ago, we were just talking about how they beat a good Chargers team and the offense was ticking and they have this one bad game and then that suddenly is like men in black forever. It's also the other way with the Dolphins. If the Chiefs go and win this game against the Dolphins, isn't this entire week of panic going to be utter foolishness? So, like, let's just, like, wait and see. But I'm with you. I I am with you. I think they do need to identify reliable targets by the end of the year. They have still eight or nine games to do that while, again, being first place in the conference, meaning they control their own destiny in the process. So that's that's where I, I'm at right now. <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I have such an unpopular opinion, and it's still, I, I still find it like troubling to even um, just allow that to sink in because I just don't. It's like people forgot the parade they just went to four months ago. Are you picking them this week? Yeah. I, I, I think, that, I think they, they'll have a plan installed. The one thing that does worry about me for this game is the lack of the linebackers. I think Nick Bolton and Willie Gay being out uh, is tough with the the run game that the the Dolphins offer. But like, even if you look toward Vegas, right? And Vegas has paid heavily not to be wrong in this. You're still looking at the Super Bowl favorites, and you're still looking at the favorites in this game on a neutral field. And I think that that's for a reason as well. It's because the defense has ha, uh, has played as as well as it has has. And then if you look at the offense. The regressing back to the mean for the Chiefs means being that top five offense again. And so I I like them in this game. I know that uh, it's not going to be an easy game by any means. Uh, are you going the other way? I'm picking the Chiefs in this game. Oh, so you're picking the Chiefs. I'm well. picking the Chiefs, and it's going to sound weird. I'm picking the Chiefs more because I don't believe in Miami more than I currently believe in Kansas City. And I'm with you at everything you're saying about the Chiefs. I just have to see Miami win this kind of game before I pick them to win this kind of game. Right. I think Miami has just beaten up on bad teams and they've just gotten fat where I do think there is something to, this is an organization that hears what outside people are saying. And I know you were there for the press conference where they asked Mahomes, Hey, is there going to be a domino effect? And he said, it won't be. I know that the dolphins are going to get the chief's best effort. I don't trust the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs' best effort. I think Philadelphia can beat their best effort. I think that Buffalo can beat their best effort. I think Cincinnati, I don't trust Miami to beat a dialed-in Chiefs team like I think they're going to be on Sunday. From a Miami perspective, like if we were doing Miami radio now, I mean, I I think I would be honest and and forthcoming and saying the Broncos pulling off what they did on Sunday was the worst possible thing that could have happened for us because – you could have went into this game where the Chiefs hadn't lost since week one, and maybe, you know, you had a lack of focus. You had the thing with the time change, and you're trying to be this team that's up and coming and knock off the champs, whereas the champs are dialed in and they're focused and, and all that, and maybe you can catch them off guard. There ain't no catching the Chiefs off guard. And that's another reason why uh, I like them for this game. And to the Dolphins' point of view, like, you're going to get the Chiefs best. They're going to be dialed in and looking to right the ship on Sunday, and I think they realize how important this game is because you're playing for that top seed. Uh, this is a team in the Dolphins that is vying for that as well. And so a win, not only I feel like would right the ship and calm everyone down, but but for me it's important in what you're trying to build and where you're trying to go this season. I do think, to your point, like this is the side that I'm on. I do think that NFL fans at the beginning of the season, you pick your team to win a set number of games. Hey, this team's going to go 12 and five. 
And then along the way, when they pick up the five, it's like, oh, oh my. Well, hold on. I didn't think the Chiefs were going undefeated over the course of the season. And and how often have we said, even in the championship years, like the Chiefs lost to who last week? And then what happens? Like they're there at the end of the year. They're probably among the top seed, if not the second or third seed. And then they're in the Super Bowl again. I, I, and I, I just, I try to prevent myself from like panicking on a week by week basis for that reason. Uh, again, this is why they play the games, not to make that that quote that we always hear, but that's why they play the games. And we'll know on Sunday where the Chiefs really are, because you got to believe they're going to give their their absolute best effort, especially after what was let's let's call it what it was. It was embarrassing last week and they're going to have to give their best against a really good Dolphins team who's trying to become one of those upper echelon teams in the NFL. It's, it's exciting. And you know what? It, it is a fun wrinkle, I think, for Kansas City and watching this game. You got to get up early. This is going to be a game on in the morning. And, uh, I, you know, I know a lot of Chiefs fans are hoping uh, they can watch the rest of the day in peace because there's going to be a lot of people that are upset if, if it doesn't go their way. To go back really quickly to the Broncos game, one of the things that was really confusing to me with the game plan, and it kind of goes along with the wide receiver and having a plan A, plan B, is I see other teams on a day in which maybe the passing game doesn't have it that day. For whatever it is, whether Mahomes isn't feeling yeah. well, wide receivers, whatever it is. For a team that has the offensive line that they do and a running back that's as productive as Isaiah Pacheco, you called eight plays for him over the course of the game? Like, that's a game in which, hey, if you know Mahomes isn't 100%, he's not feeling himself, hey, 15, we got you. We're going to let Isaiah Pacheco run it 17 times today. We're going to let this defense eat. We're going to win this game by running the ball well and playing defense. That One of the frustrations I have, and maybe this is like one of the bigger picture thing is, even in a game in which their wide receivers weren't playing well and their quarterback wasn't feeling well, they still have Mahomes throw it 40 times and don't incorporate Isaiah Pacheco. Well, you know what? And, and I don't disagree with that point either. Like, that's where I think, you know, I that's where I'm, I'm saying I think the Chiefs are okay. I think a lot of these things are fixable. Like, a lot of the mistakes in that game are, are fixable. Turnovers, I, I, I believe, are, are fixable. Uh, penalties are fixable. I think play calling is fixable. How many times are we like, okay, the Chiefs offense and their passing attack is really working today? And what do you look down? You look down and see 12, 13, 14, 15 carries for Isaiah Pacheco. They got away from the run game. They hit quicksand. They couldn't do anything right. And that's always going to – you're always going to lose to any team in the NFL, Broncos, anyone. It could be the bottom tier of the league when you make those type of mistakes. And so I'm with you. The Chiefs are the best, especially even passing the ball when their attack is more in that 40, 45 – rushing range and yes even if you throw the ball 30 40 times a game you probably look down and it looks like Isaiah Pacheco's got like 14 for 80 you know 16 for 107 it's always making sure that the opposing team has to to uh, respect the run game and that definitely was not happening against the Denver Broncos let me ask you this because this is really what I care about do we have to retire this now Hey guys, uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring, <laughs> yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. I'm real, real exciting. You know, I'm real exciting. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr., Mr., Mr. Unlimited. Yeah. Do we have to retire that now that, that the streak is broken? I think that that is a clip that'll never be retired. I mean, that, that, that's going to stand the test of time. I, I think we're okay there. The record, the record against the Broncos is still great, right? You don't have the streak anymore, but you start a new streak. 
We'll see you in another seven years. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to retire Broncos country. Let's ride. Does I he... don't want to retire that. I don't want to retire Mr. Unlimited. I haven't, you know, I haven't been uh, in tune. Does he still say it at the end of every press or has he gone away from it? I haven't, I don't recall seeing it. A lot it's kind of hard it. to Broncos country. Let's ride when you're under 500, you know, it's kind of, it's easy to do week one, you know, optimism reign supreme. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that when you threw less than 200 yards passing and you're still under 500. I don't know if you can ride. Right. I actually did like them playing a Taylor Swift song at the end. I actually thought that was funny. Yeah, that was a little salt in the wound. Uh, but look, how often are we like, if you want to see the Chiefs stop celebrating, do something. That, you know, that, that's, that's par for the course, unfortunately. We got Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joining us in studio. Pete, not worried at all about the wide receivers and wants you to stop worrying about the wide receivers. Coming up on the other side, I want to ask you a question about Chiefs fans and Tyreek Hill. We'll do that next. Keep it right here, Sidra. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Listening to the drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. At Fry Orthodontics, teeth love us, and you will too, because we use innovative methods like Invisalign, which make for a shorter treatment time, less pain, and a better smile. And unlike many orthodontists, we only pull teeth or use expanders as an absolute last resort. So if another orthodontist has told you they're going to extract teeth or that you need an expander, let's talk. Schedule a free second opinion, no referral needed, and see why teeth love us at teethlovefry.com. Fry Orthodontics. Teeth love us, and you will too. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Yo, Pete Sweeney segments now have a sponsor. It's presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Shout out to Mark Ferguson, man. Is this your cousin? Is this your guy? You know, Mark? I I know him now. I didn't know. I didn't know this was your man's. I didn't know. Shout out to Mark Ferguson. I love him. Just he came. You know what? He heard your wide receiver take. He Mm -hmm. said, "I agree." He said he decided to sponsor in the middle of the segment, middle of the season. Just said, said, "You tell me the number, blank check." I want to sponsor the Pete Sweeney segments. He said that wide receiver take is criminal. And uh, but by the way, I can can help you if you get into trouble with the law. Let me ask you this question. Uh huh. Do you think Chiefs fans love Tyreek Hill? Because no. we know that there are groups of Chiefs players, 
past and present that they love. Yeah, no. Which is crazy because if we had to make a list of the best Chiefs players during our lifetime, Tyree Kill's in the top 10. Mahomes is one. Right. Kelsey, two. We can have some debate on two, three, Derek Thomas, Tony Gonzalez. If you are making a list of the best players to put on that uniform, I mean, like during their time, like while they played for the Chiefs. Oh, oh, I see. Tyreek, and maybe even all time, like like who's been better? Willie Rowe for Tyreek Hill. Like we could like really, you know, parse how great some guys have been. So it's crazy to hear you say, and I'm saying, you know this because of the metrics and how people respond to things. That Chiefs fans don't love Tyreek Hill. It's interesting to me. Well, I think there are, I think there are are two types of ways to kind of go about moving on to a next team. And I think when the trade first happened, it upset a lot of Chiefs fans, and they they loved now in past tense Tyreek Hill. And I think at the time, eventually, it came to a point where. Chiefs fans sort of understood why the Chiefs made the move and they didn't love it, but you know what? They were okay with what they got back. They were able to uh, acquire all these draft picks and free up cap space and turn toward the future. Meanwhile, Tyreek was happy. He thanked everyone for his time in Kansas City and got to go live in Miami, which I believe is where he was living in the off seasons. And then there was all the stuff that needed to be said. Every week or two, there would be something else that needed to be said. And then another thing needed to be said. And another thing needed to be said. And then eventually, you know what? Uh, You know, your ex reached out so many times that you don't really respect the time as much that you had together uh, anymore. And I think that's what happened. I think he kind of did it to himself. It was in a place where I I think he could have moved on uh, to a team been great and still kept the respect and love of the former fan base. And I think he, he lost a lot of that. Now I think Chiefs fans look back at the time that he was here and they really loved that time. But I don't think currently, I don't think there's a ton of love for Tyree kill. now. I think you could maybe make an argument that Tyree kill is one of the five best receivers that we've ever seen that like you and I have ever seen mm-hmm. just, he has been amazing with the dolphins. <laughs> Just unstoppable. He's going to have right. the most receiving yards ever in a season this year. He is one of the most exciting and thrilling players. Like as much as Kansas City like loves and appreciates Dante Hall and that excitement of the kick returns and the punt yeah. returns and X Factor, Tyree Kill is 15 times more exciting than Dante yeah. Hall ever was. But you're right. Like if you're asking, like if we did a popularity yeah. who has a higher Q rating as a person. I don't think it's close between those two. Well, I just think that that yeah, I mean all the, all these things can be true. He is currently the best receiver in the NFL. I know that there's some argument to be made there, so I, we can say arguably there. And I think that he's probably the the best wide receiver in Chiefs history, you know, surpassing uh, Otis Taylor. And even still, I just think that there are far more players from a popularity standpoint in the history of the Chiefs that get the nod before Tyreek. Like, if you want to say 10 best Chiefs of all time, I think you got a case to be made. As far as popularity goes right now, and maybe it's different, you know, years from now after he retires, um, but right now, I I don't know if he's in the top 25 most popular Chiefs ever just, just based upon what has happened since he left. I just don't really understand. Like, if we could go back in time, 
I don't really understand what the purpose of all of that was when he left. We don't got to dig deep into Tyreek Hill off the field stuff. Yeah. But Kansas City, as a fan base, showed Tyreek a lot of love during that time frame. And it felt like to me during that time, he sort of went out of his way to kind of poke and antagonize Chiefs fans for really no purpose. Like, you, all you really had to say is, man, I wish things would have worked, but hey, I'm happy with my new organization and just kind of left it right. at that. But it was, remember he said that he, that Tua was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Right, right, right. It, it, it just felt like he was willing to build his brand on the backs of Chiefs fans. The same people that had shown you all that love that took you in when you had a very questionable history at Oklahoma State and then took you in when you got recorded by your baby mama at the airport. They stood by you through all of that. It just didn't really make a lot of sense why he carried on like that for a year. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's there's some uh, attention addiction there, right? Like that can happen to, to anybody. And, and I, I think he got to a point where in some of the things he was even saying, you know, with the Miami media and on his own podcast that, man, I'm not even sure he believed. I mean, he, he knew that it would make headlines and he would be back in the news again. And, and you see it with players all the time. I think Aaron Rodgers does that a little bit right now that he's, that he's injured and, and out of the mix um, from a, from a popularity standpoint. And, and this is, and maybe he doesn't care about it, but he, he could have easily learned from Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was beloved Beloved, beloved, beloved in Kansas City. Could do no wrong. Could come back, always welcome. People loved him. Uh, and then he makes this one mistake, this stupid statement at the Atlanta Super Bowl. And folks never forgot it. Nobody forgets it. And I'm telling you, that that's one interview. And it changed the perspective on the way a lot of Chiefs fans look at Tony Gonzalez. I know there's some of you out there that don't care about him or that have, like, forgiven him. And what I'd say is, just based upon you know me looking at my traffic in the comments, anytime we bring up Tony G, I actually think the folks that either forgot, don't care, or forgive, whatever, are probably in the minority of that. So that's one interview. And it was a dumb thing to say, but it was the greatest tight end of all time, and it's changed the perspective of Chiefs fans on him. So you don't think after four or five or six or seven, eight things that he says, you know, talking about Patrick Mahomes, talking about his time in Kansas City, saying they didn't want him, all this, all that, how happy is Miami? It's not going to have an impact. It's had a huge impact. And I, I just don't think Chiefs fans have love for him anymore. Would you rather have prime Tyreek Hill or prime T.O.? Well, I, I would get, say that's where get, we are with Tyreek Hill. I like, guess prime Tyreek is right now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's where we are right now, where if we are just playing the wide receiver game, aside from Randy Moss and Jerry Rice, I think you can make an argument that you would take Tyree kill over just about any other wide receiver that I can name. And we've seen some well, great ones. Antonio Brown was great in Pittsburgh. T.O. was great. Marvin Harrison. We can uh, Larry Fitzgerald. There's a bunch of people that we can name. That's how good Tyreek's been. Yeah. I think there's that like trait that, that Tyreek has that like you can't even say any of those receivers that you mentioned, even above him, have had with this light speed. And there are certain players in the course of the NFL history where like, you know, you just, you look at Jim Brown and you look at these two and it, I know that some people would be like, it's blasphemous. I'm not saying that it, it, you know, it's the same type of player, but like Jim Brown, you just couldn't tackle. Like it just wasn't going to ever happen. Like Tyree kill just nobody has ever been faster than him on an NFL field. And it's just such a unique skill set that it, it puts him in that category. And you're all, you, it, you begin wondering, like you look at the greatest wide receivers in NFL history and you're just like, 
well, does that speed kind of take him out of it? Because he's just in this category where if he has three yards, it's a touchdown. Three yards of space, it's a touchdown. Even the greatest receivers, if 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 players were about to tackle this guy and were right there, you know, I how many times does Tyreek get away, whereas that X receiver doesn't? You know, and now you're entering the realm of hypotheticals. So, man, it, it, a historic player started his career in Kansas City, seems to be in his prime now, uh, and it makes for a really interesting uh, game. On Sunday, uh, yeah, I wish this game was in Kansas City. You know, I, I know that's been a topic of conversation all week. It's a shame uh, that it isn't. I know that that there there was some do- desire. It sounds like from the Chiefs organization to hope to, sh- to host the Chicago Bears. I mean, if you want me to criticize the Chiefs organization? I, that was a that was a mistake. This game this game should be in Kansas City. Let's keep this Tyreek Hill conversation coming up on the other side because I do think that's sort of the cloud that's hanging over this game. I also want to get your take on what you're worried about with the Miami Dolphins, if you're worried about anything aside from Tyreek Hill heading into this matchup, which is the game in the AFC. I know we got Chiefs and Bengals later on right now, but these look like two of the top three teams in the conference. You got two high-powered offenses. This is there's There's a lot of star power, a lot of firepower that's going to be on the field in Germany. We got Pete Sweeney in studio for another segment. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Hey, Chiefs fans. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Drive, brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's George Carlos, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Pete Sweeney is in studio. He is presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Very happy for him to be a part of the show and be sponsoring Pete's appearances with us. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride joining. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. In studio, I do want to get back specifically to talking about Chiefs and Dolphins, but one last point on Tyree Kill. Sometimes we treat these things like there's a yes or no, or a right or wrong, or a winner and a loser. I think all sides were right. Like, if you were Kansas City, is it good money to tie up $30 million of your cap space for one player, even a player as dynamic as Tyree Kill? Like you can make the argument against it, and you turn that into Trent McDuff. You turns it into Nick, you turns it into really productive players on rookie contracts. I think we also now have enough information to say, hey, Tyreek was right. He is worth thirty million dollars a year. Tyreek, as great as he was in Kansas City, there was still another level personally that he could tap into, and going into Miami has helped him take that next step where now he is one of the most dominant receivers that we have ever seen in the National Football League. Like, I don't know why there needs to be a bad guy or a villain in this story. I think both sides ended up being right, and both sides are probably better off for it. Yeah, I I think naturally when you have a trade, you're always looking for a winner and a loser, and you're always looking for trade grades, and there's a, a lot of money in that because you know, in running the website, people love to see instant reaction and did we win this trade, did we lose this trade, and this was this classic example of it. I think both sides won, and uh, I think 
in a way, Tyreek was right. He probably shouldn't have taken a little bit less money from the Chiefs if money was the most important thing to him. And very clearly, I think it was money and location. And I think he was correct about what he was worth and waiting for that. And, and that being said, the Chiefs had plans. And I think when you have Patrick Mahomes and you already signed him to this mega deal, you got to find interesting ways to maintain flexibility. And they did that while adding you know, five draft picks to the mix. And when you win a Super Bowl, you kind of prove like, okay, uh, we can still do it uh, e- even without. And when you're able to prove that, and especially in year one, I just think that you meet in the middle where you, you, you kind of say, okay, uh, both sides had a point here and both sides won. Are you worried about the Dolphins? I guess say maybe a better way yeah. of phrasing it is, aside from Tyreek, because yeah. we all know Tyreek is a player. There are maybe 10 players in the league that could single-handedly beat you. Tyreek Hill could win this game for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I know the Chiefs defense is great. Tyreek Hill could have 11 catches for 179 yards and two touchdowns and really want to show the Chiefs what they lost and single-handedly win this game. Is there something else that you're really worried about with this Dolphins team heading into the matchup? Yeah, uh, Mostert uh, against the the second level here. Uh, I, I think, you know, you look at the Chiefs and going into this game, the Dolphins are all about speed and misdirection and – um, you you know, you need to be able to have sure tackling and you need to have players that aren't fooled. And Nick Bolton, we know, is missing a couple months here with, with his injury. He's on injured reserve. And then you end up potentially losing Willie Gay for this game. Remember, he had a tailbone last game, and then they called it a lower back contusion today, and then they went the extra mile in signing Darius Harris, who was more of a role player backup off the practice squad. So one thing we talk about the Chiefs going into any year is Bolton and Gay. Bolton and Gay. How good can these guys be, right? They top five, top ten. You're looking at the depth of your linebacker room against one of the most dangerous offenses in the NFL. And I just – the Chiefs are going to have to find uh, some ways to overcome not having two key players against what is a, a very, very good rushing and passing attack. One thing that I'm worried about in this game, and we talked about it on Monday, is if there was like a a button, if there was a red pill and a blue pill, and you asked me to fix some of the wide receiver issues or fix the short yardage issues, I would pick the short yardage issues. I don't care how good you are at wide receiver. You're going to be in third and one. You're going to be in third and two at some point. You're going to need to convert. You can do some of that stuff against the Broncos and win 19 to eight. You can do some of that stuff against the Jets and still win that game. Yes. If you get to the red zone four times and kick two field goals, you are not beating the Miami Dolphins. Like, th- right. th- that's the one thing in this game that if you want to see any change, obviously the turnovers, you're not going to turn it over five times and beat. There's not a team. You're going to beat anyway. Yeah, Carolina, you would lose to Carolina right. if you turned it over five times. If there's one thing that they need to clean up, they have to be better in third and one third and two, fourth and one situations. You can't get in the red zone as frequently as they have over the last month and keep leaving with, hey, we had five red zone appearances but left with 10 points. That's what gets you beat against good football teams. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, the fact that the Chiefs offense has been pretty good between the 20s and, again, not on third and fourth and short, and it's been a turnover issue, sometimes a penalty issue like we saw at the beginning of the year. That's where, you know, and going back to what I was saying, like, that's where I think maybe the, the panic is a little bit unnecessary because I think these are all fixable issues. However... You're correct. If you don't fix these fixable issues against a team like the Miami Dolphins, who right now is in the same realm as a Buffalo Bills or a Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to lose. And I think the Chiefs realize that. And I think that's the fire that you saw toward the end of the Patrick Mahomes 
press conference where um, one of our colleagues was like, well, how do you make sure this doesn't snowball? And he's just like, because I know it won't. And so let's see that transpire Sunday morning. I've always called the Chiefs a coaster, that I think the Chiefs really respond when challenged. Like the Chiefs know when they can turn in C-plus work and still pass the course, right? I am going to be really excited to see the kind of energy that they come out with. Losing to the Broncos. And now, I mean, this is this is a stretch. You got Miami. You got a bye week. You got Philadelphia. You played two of the top eight teams in the National Football League over the course of of the next 21 days. This stretch of you just playing bad football teams, that time's over. You played Chicago, the Jets, Minnesota, Denver. You played a month and a half of teams that I'm not sure they're going to make the postseason. These next two teams you're playing, I think they're making the postseason. I really want to see how this team responds to everything that happened last week against the Broncos and just playing sharp, crisp, clean football, and also how they respond to playing a team that I don't have Miami on Kansas City's tier, but a team that people think is a contender because Mm -hmm. this organization over the last five years, you mentioned the benefit of the doubt. Anytime there has been a team that people think is close to the Chiefs, they beat that team 95% of the time. Other than Cincinnati, they have stopped the advances of any one of these kind of teams that has popped up. And this is true. And, uh, you know, if you want to criticize them in this way, I have no problem with that. It does seem like sometimes they get up four teams, and it does seem like sometimes they get down four teams. And usually both end up in victories, which is the nice thing. But you do have that occasional getting down for a certain team that ends up pulling off an upset because you've shot yourself in the foot too many times. Uh, This is a a big-time game, and I will understand fans' frustrations if the Chiefs come out looking flat again because they should be ticked off after last week. I mean, you had these Broncos cheerleaders dancing like they had won the division to Taylor Swift. I mean, that... That's not what you want, right? And you should be mad about that. And you should take out your madness on on the Miami Dolphins. And I thought I think we got we got a glimpse. And he doesn't usually show his emotion at the press conference. Just going back to that last question, we got a glimpse when Pat simply said, "Like this isn't going to happen again." Like let's see that now on the field. I tend to think we will. What do you have the score? I guess I'll ask you that, and then I'll ask you our favorite question: Chiefs win if Dolphins win if. Yeah, I think. I think I could see the the Chiefs getting to 30 because I, I, I like when the offense comes out and they play ticked off. Uh, so let's call it – I haven't really done my prediction yet, but let's call it 31. And uh, I believe in this Chiefs defense. Let's go with the, the same total last week, uh, 24. Uh, this is a better offense, but as I have been saying all week, the Broncos only scored touchdowns when they were at midfield or better last week. This Chiefs defense is still legit, and just because the Broncos scored 24 last week doesn't like change my mind about that I think where I'm worried and I'll say this for uh the Dolphins is more than Tyreek Hill more than Jalen Waddle, more than uh, the returning Jalen Ramsey I'm worried about that run game taking over from Miami like if, if if Raheem Mostert has his game where it's in the realm of 125 to 175 to who knows 200 yards and um the Dolphins are able to get a, a lead and kind of similar to a Bronco fashion last week kind of hold control of the ball and, and sort of drain out all the opportunities I mean, I, I think they could win this football game. And uh, should uh, the Chiefs win, I, I, I believe it's going to be on not making mistakes. I just have a hard time believing, and I, I know this is a Broncos team that's much closer to them than some of the teams we've been talking about. But I, I have a, a feeling that if the Chiefs are able to win the turnover battle in this game, they're going to win the game. 
So if you eliminate all these turnovers and I, if the, the Chiefs are in the pos- or even or positive in the turnover differential, I, I still believe that they're a better team. And the little things when you're facing a great team instead of a, a bad team are the little things really make the difference. So take care of the football this time. How do you get your steak cooked, Pete? Medium uh, rare. What about you? Same. That's the only way to get it. I, I don't know. I, I'm insulted when people even ask. Like, there's only one way I want the steak. Why do you even ask me? I, I wasn't. I'm Robin, and maybe you can be with me here. Didn't you think maybe C. Dot would have been a well done man? I've actually gotten steak with Carrington, so I know for a fact he's a medium rare man. Okay, I thought you might have been a well done guy. That was racist. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right <laughs> now. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right <laughs> no, now. It no, no, it was not. No, Pete Sweeney. That, I can't believe we ended like that. That was racist. <laughs> no, it was. You not. know it was racist. I look like a well done guy. Yeah. That's crazy. I was gonna give you a great compliment on the way out. I can't support that. Uh, I can't. I'm not. I'm not. Like I'm, not well su- I'm not supporting that. It's a drive. Steak. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 